Well, here we are, another Sunday, the start of another week in quarantine. And today I have a dear friend of mine who's also my pastor, Brian Mowry, joining me to talk about how to hear from God. And he has some great insights and stories to share, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Nero Feliciano, and welcome to the All Things Life Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and a cognitive psychotherapist. And I'm really excited to share these conversations and interviews with you that will hopefully help you live a healthier, fuller, and more peaceful life. Well, hello, everyone. It is a gorgeous Sunday in Connecticut on May 3rd. And I hope it is where you are too. What a difference it makes when the weather is beautiful. We can go outside. We can actually feel like real humans again during this time where some of that, a lot of that has been taken away from us and our life. And I'm just so grateful to have a beautiful day. Now, for those of you who live in Florida and other parts, maybe you don't feel it as much as we do up here in the Northeast But let me tell you, you are the lucky ones. And I just wanted to take a minute to say hi to everyone all over the world right now. I've been just blown away to see that we have a global community going on with All Things Life. So I just want to say hi to everyone in these 18 countries and territories. We have listeners a ton in the U.S., in Canada, France, Australia, the U.K., Brazil, Puerto Rico, Germany, South Africa, the DR, Sweden, Sri Lanka, that's definitely family, Costa Rica, Iran, Russia, Peru, Mexico, and Singapore. That has just been amazing to see where you are and where you're listening from. So I just wanted to say a big thank you for tuning in and please share this with your friends and hopefully it will be helpful. So I was thinking a little bit more about our guest today. I have on my friend and our pastor who I mentioned, Brian Mowry. I like to joke because he has a lot of different degrees. I call him the Reverend Dr. Pastor Brian Mowry. But he is, he's such a great guy, and I've actually known him since we were in high school, which now goes back decades, believe it or not, and so relatable. He has four children, and I know his wife, Becca, really well, too, and they just have such a desire to share with you their relationship with God and how we can become closer to God. And today I've asked him to come on to talk about how to hear from God and some different experiences in his life where he's heard from God and he's had other people give him messages that they've heard from God for him and how these experiences have been life changing and why I'm focusing on this in this time. What's really interesting is Soulful Sundays, that concept started out long before quarantine, because I had, as I said in my intro to this podcast, had been experiencing God in different ways. I've had experiences that really, for me, have been life-changing and and mind-blowing, just to be able to experience your faith and your relationship with God in such tangible, real ways is something that I believe everyone can do and experience, especially during this time in quarantine. As I was thinking about it this week, I had many moments where God started connecting the dots in my life, connecting pieces of a bigger message that he was giving me for this season of my life. And one of those messages, I think the big message was that this is a time that God has given us 
to hear from him. This is a time where things have slowed down. And I know many of you are thinking it has not slowed down. I have kids, I'm working and I am right there with you. Absolutely. I've had to make a choice to create moments of rest, believe it or not, in this season and to be able to bring my mind back to the present, free it from different distractions so that I can hear from God. And I believe that if we do that, This is a time where God will speak in ways that are unprecedented. And I don't want anybody to miss that because I think there's a lot of wisdom and revelation that we can receive in this time. There's a lot of direction for our lives. God is speaking to me just about the priorities in my life and what I need to do to move forward in my life. Those are very real messages that God has for all of us in this time. And it doesn't matter how long you've been a person of faith, or maybe you've never been a person of faith, but you're curious, what is this life about? This is your time. And not only I have been saying this, but many people who've been on this walk have felt it and experienced it. So I'm really excited to have Brian here to talk a little bit more about it. And on the show notes, and as well as in the conversation, you're going to hear about his series he's doing right now at Walnut Hill that everybody's watching on TV because nobody can be at church right now. So if you're curious about learning more about it, you can tune in. So join me right now in my conversation with Brian Mowry. Well, welcome, Brian, to All Things Life on our Soulful Sunday episodes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm happy to. Thank you. And tell me what it's been like for you when in this season, one thing I didn't mention was that you have four kids. So now you've transitioned not only to leading a church virtually, but also homeschooling and being home with four kids. How has this been for you? Yeah, well, probably like most people, it's like no other time in my life. So we're definitely trying to figure out rhythm and and rest in it all. I found you know, as a leader, uh, decisions are challenging. And so leaning on the abilities and wisdom of other people has been critical for me and so thankful for a great team that I get to work with. In family life, you know, it's about trying to put up some boundaries over different things that we're, we've kind of learned. The first couple of weeks, I think, was completely hectic. You know, we become mm-hmm. teachers and parents and you know, all kinds of stuff in that moment. But, um, but it's going well, you know, I think that there's such a blessing in this season, but at the same time, there's, there's a lot of fear and anxiety and, and, and good reason for it. So as a parent, I think it can present an opportunity for us just to teach our kids and, and walk with them. I've been enjoying game nights and things like that and just trying to maximize the, the season, you know? So I don't know. I think my answer even tells you a little bit about how I feel clumsy and confused. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I know we've been, we've definitely enjoyed some of that time together. We are so off a schedule. Sometimes our game nights start at like 1030 at night because, you know, we don't know what time it is. We lose track of time during the day. Yeah, my like seven-year-old is a teenager now because she's staying up till midnight, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm glad to maybe that's a four kid thing yeah maybe it's a four kid thing but you know one one thing I've heard you say at Walnut Hill when we've been watching from our living room 
in our PJs. Sometimes people are on a hoverboard watching <laughs> as well as you've seen. Yes. But that that this could be one of the best times for the church, one yeah. of our finest moments. So tell tell me a little bit more what you mean by that. Yeah, well, I think historically, when you look at uh, people of faith, it's in times of crisis where God really shines. And I mean, you go all the way back to the Israelites and they going through great crises and the Lord shines, makes himself known in, in new ways, reveals himself in new ways. And um, I think that this could be the church's finest hour because it really requires us to actually be the church and not just go to church or attend church mm-hmm. or talk about church. Um, it gives us the a moment here in time to really act compassionately, actually bless other people, encourage one another. And I mean, the church is really supposed to be the love of Jesus made known among us. And so I think in, in times of crisis, uh, we get to really rise up and, and shine in unique ways. And we can see it. It becomes tangible. That's right. Right. I know one of the things that that both um, filled my heart and broke it at the same time was what Walnut Hill is doing um, with the food pantry there. And, and it broke my heart to, to know that there are, there were 400 families coming, people standing in line hours at a time. I mean, I think I heard three hours, there were cars lined up for food, but then to hear your community, our community coming together to serve um, in that way. Can you just tell me a little bit more about what's happening there? Yeah. So, you know, people are hungry right now. That's just reality. That's fact. Um, people have lost jobs. It's been more difficult to, to get food when you, you don't have money. And there's even a lot of food banks have had to close down. So we saw mm-hmm. an opportunity to um, use the resources that we have to provide food for our community. And as soon as that was made known, there's just, you know, every week there's like another an additional hundred people. Um, this week we had 450 families that we fed. Wow. And um, like you said, it's just, it's amazing. Um, the people that are coming through are just in real need right now, you know, with, with little kids, with adult children, just, and they come humbly and, and drive through and we provide food with masks on and gloves on in a very safe manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's just such a blessing to be a part of helping people. Mm. That, that's, that's what we should, that's what sh- we should be doing. And all types of people that come, some, some of the volunteers yeah. who I know were telling me there are people who are driving really nice cars. And oftentimes we yeah. have an, a stereotypical idea of people who go to food banks to get foods, but that image has been shattered at this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Well, I'm grateful that all of you are stepping in, in that way. Um, and as you know, Brian, one of the things that I talk about on Soulful Sundays, it's it's basically my journey in, in my week and my day of how I have been sensing the Lord, hearing from the Lord. And I know that you hear from the Lord very clearly. So I really wanted to have you on um, to, to hear more about what God has been revealing to you in this season and how he's been doing it. Because for many people, that is mm. such, it's such a weird out there concept to hear from the Lord, like that God would actually speak to us specifically yeah. in our lives, especially at a time where there's so many bigger things going on. So tell me, how how have you felt like God is speaking to you, has been speaking to you in this season? Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, it just God does speak to us. And for for me, it's really a matter of, of how we hear from Him, uh, not really 
is he going to? I believe God wants to speak to us. Now we have to just determine, you know, how do we hear his voice? I often talk about how, you know, my youngest daughter, Bria, she wears glasses and pretty much every day she loses her glasses. And so we have to find them. Now I know as her dad that they're usually in one of about eight places. And so we just go around the house. Sometimes they're outside at the trampoline in places they shouldn't be. But we go out there and usually, almost almost 100% of the time, I find the glasses in one of those eight places where I know they're going to be. Mm. Well, I think it's similar when we want to hear from God. We can kind of demystify this a little bit, decomplicate Please, it a little bit. yes. Um, Do that for me. We ha- <laughs> yeah. We have to go to the places we know we can find him. You know, he's told us that we're going to find him in his word. So we study his word. We, we pick up his word. We read it. We know that prayer, he speaks to us through prayer. We know that we have this beautiful creation to walk in and through, and he meets us when we walk in and through his creation. So I guess I would just encourage you to figure out how do you, where do you always seem to find God? And then go to those places. Like for for instance, I know that in some of my friendships, whenever I speak to these friends, I hear from God. Mm. Like there's just there's just something about them. Uh, they're connected to the Lord, and so you know, if I'm having a struggle trying to hear from God, I'll often phone them up. Go go, you know, not in coronavirus season, but go be with them and uh, and and really start to listen. Um, and so that's what I've been doing in this season. I've been taking. I know the Lord speaks to me um, when I just get in motion and, and start moving and ask him to speak to me. I've been pondering different stories in scripture. That's how the Lord often speaks to me. For instance, I've been in the story of Joseph, mm. um, not Mary and Joseph, but the other Joseph with all the brothers. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't know the story, you know, Joseph, the story of Joseph is one where he's, he goes through lots of tragedy and crisis. He's sold into slavery. He lands in Egypt. He starts to rise in the ranks, but then he's thrown into prison for 10 or 12 years. Um, But I was just noticing in the story of Joseph how everything he did, he did for the Lord. I was just amazed by that. I was like, wow, man, everything he did, he did for the Lord. This is for the Lord. While that was happening, a friend of mine who I'm close friends with reached out to me and said, hey, Brian, I've been praying for you in this season. And I just have a word for you. It's very simple. The word is, this is for you. Mm. It's like, oh, wow, that's interesting. And to be honest with you, Nero, like when I first heard it, I was like, I don't think this is anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's often the case, isn't it? I almost dismissed Mm -hmm. it. I was like, "Uh, you know, that's crazy. What do you mean? You know? And um, so I was like, all right, well, let me kind of test this and just, you know, ponder it, pray about it. And I was asking, you know, well, what's for me? He said, this is for you. What's for me? I want to know what's for me. And finally, I figured it out as I came back to the scripture that I was studying in Joseph. And and for him, it was everything was for the Lord. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my perspective has been completely wrong in this season. I've been focusing so much on myself, mm. you know, all my fears, all the what ifs that me. And to be honest with you, as a leader of a church, I was, you know, self-focused, too. It was like, is my message good? Um, am I sounding well? Am I looking good on film and all this stuff? I was very self-focused. Mm. And uh, finally, it was like a ton of bricks hit me on the head and the Lord was saying, no, what I want you to do is turn to me and say, this is for you, mm. Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's been a it's been a complete shift for me. And so the Lord spoke to me through a friend, through his word, 
and through prayer. It's like this combination, you know, it's like this hearing from God cocktail, if you will. (laughs) And basically delivering a very similar message in each place, reinforcing that message. Yeah, the confirmation. Mm -hmm. I, I love what you said about go where you basically where you experience God, where you have experienced God before and God yeah. will speak. And I think a piece of it, you know, sometimes I hear from God when I'm not looking to hear from God. And I'm grateful for that, yes. right? Because he will come yeah. after you. And and I think many people, whether they're not people of faith or not, they experience those moments that are bigger than themselves, um, yes. right? Where there's a message that they've that has been on their heart or their mind and then they see it they see it validated somewhere else. And I, th- I think very much God does the same thing. Right. And, and maybe even in yeah. those moments, it is God, but I, I have found that if I make the time to hear from God and if I ask God to speak, he might not speak right in that moment, but it will yes. come, right. It will, yes. it will come. Sometimes I think he just wants us to ask and sit there and sit with him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have, um, I've got a bunch of books right in my office and um, people often ask me, have you read them all? Yep. And, the, and, the, and the answer is no, I, I haven't. But I can tell you with most of them, they contain. And so when I, when I need it or, or, or you know, when I'm looking for something, I know where to go. And um, I think oftentimes, you know, to hear God better, it's almost like we need to build up our Rolodex. We need to build up our library. Um, that comes from studying his word, from, you know, hearing his truth, from being around mature, you know, followers of the Lord, so that when the Lord does speak, we know exactly, you know, what it is that it's, that it's actually him. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like putting files in the database mm-hmm. so that when the Lord does speak to you, oh, wow, that it's, it's clearer to me that it's actually him because I have all these different files now, what about for the people who haven't built that up? Will God still speak to yeah. them? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You know, I I think there's definitely, um, uh, like anything we do, hearing from God gets better and better with practice. But that's not to say that you can't hear from God if you've never heard from him before. Mm. Uh, you think about all these different stories in scripture of, you know, people who are just spoken to. And um, for the first time and powerfully, like the Lord can definitely do that um, and will do that. But I do believe also, you know, as we mature in our relationship with the Lord, just like we mature in our relationships with one another, you know, if, if a stranger calls me on the phone, I'll have to ask them, you know, who is this? <laughs> who are you? And I'll have to discern who they are and what they want. If my wife, Becca, calls me on the phone, I know exactly who it is right away before she even has to say much at all. You know her voice. And that's just be- I know her voice because it comes with this years of being married together and having this relationship. And the same is true. And I think that's the exciting thing about faith, actually, is that as we travel with the Lord, as we step out in faith, as we trust him more, uh, his voice becomes clearer and clearer. I do really feel that God wants to speak to everyone and that he actually is speaking to everyone. So oftentimes I think it's us that we stand in our own way from hearing him. What, what do you feel holds people back from hearing from God? Yeah. Well, I'll say this before I answer that one, Mm. because you do this to me all the time in a row. I ask a question, (laughs) you answer a different one. I redirect. That's a therapeutic technique. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Redirect. Go ahead. 
God doesn't play favorites when it comes to speaking to his children. Mm. Um, he, he wants to speak to each and every one of us. I mean, you look at the different stories of the Bible. Who did he speak to? Like, I mean, he spoke to people who were messed up. Mm. <laughs> he spoke to some people who didn't have their lives all, all settled, right? Um, and so he, he wants to speak to every one of us. He's not picking and choosing his favorites to speak to. It's, a, it's an open invitation to each and every one of us. But like you said, we, we do put up barriers, I think. And, and maybe they've been put up unknowingly or, or, or other times maybe we've put, in, put them up knowing that we've done. Um, I think one of the biggest barriers to hearing from God is maintaining control. Mm. I know in my own life, you know, when I want to hold on to, con- to control, um, I want to control the, the, the outcomes. Um, I want to control how it influences my life. Then I kind of put God on mute. It's not him uh, muting himself. I, I put him on mute because I want to maintain that control. And oftentimes I think our fear is, well, if God speaks to me, what if he calls me to something I don't want to do? Mm. So, you know, we hold on to that, that, that control. I think also for me, God speaks clearest to me when I'm in motion. And, and what I mean by that is he speaks clearest when I'm doing the things I know he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, I think, again, I think we overcomplicate our faith sometimes. And we, we ask, well, what does God want? You, you know, where does he want me to go? What does he want me to do? I, th- I actually think we know. He, we know that he wants us to love one another. We know that he wants us to forgive one another. We know that he wants to serve one another. So I've found that, um, you know, a barrier for me in hearing from God is, is sometimes when I'm just becoming lazy in the things that I know he wants me to do. But when I step out and and I serve others and I, I show the love of, of Jesus to others, it's in those moments that I feel like the Lord really begins to clearly uh, speak speak to me. I think oftentimes we know what God is calling us to do. And, yeah. and either we feel like, okay, we're going to get to it. Maybe it's not on our priority yeah. list, um, yeah. but God will keep bringing it back because there yes. is as much as it is, you know, especially with service, as much as it is outward, it is so inward. It's so inward yeah. and connecting with God. Absolutely. I'll share one more too. A reason we often don't hear from God is because we just haven't given him any time. Mm-hmm. It, it seems so straightforward, but you know, I, I have four daughters and um, I often like to take them out w- one at a time. And it's in that one-on-one time where I really get to see their personality come out and I really get to see their heart. And I think if we really want to hear from God, then we need to make time for him uh, one-on-one and, and, I think that will help us overcome some barriers. I've had this conversation with so many people, including my husband, Ed. And <laughs> and I love to talk about Ed, of course. And there was one point in our relationship where, in our marriage, where we were talking about spending this time with God, sitting down, praying, yeah. undivided attention, right? Not right. not being distracted by other things. And and he'd said to me, you know, I, I pray all the time when I'm driving, which is great. And yeah. I, I want him to do that. But I said to him, what what if, would happen if the only time you spoke to me was when you were driving? Mm. You know, what would the quality of our relationship be like? Because we're focused on other things. And I, I yeah. do think there's a difference. I think we should be praying whenever we can pray, you know, and God's going to use that time. But when we give God undivided attention, we're also saying to him, you're a priority in my life. 
And, yes. and I want you to be, I want you to have that time. And here is my undivided attention and then expect him to speak during those times. Absolutely. Yeah. And anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Whether, you know, you're starting a relationship with the Lord or you've been walking with the Lord for many, many years, mm. you know, it's, it's just pausing, you know, it's, you know, it's praying, it's, it's speaking uh, with the Lord in, in a quiet space. I, I was going to say, as a therapist, I know some of the things that hold people back in general also hold people back from connecting with the Lord. And two big pieces of that, mm. especially in in religious communities, in Christian communities, are shame and guilt. So yes. I was, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. How have you seen that? Yes. Why would you go and speak to somebody who's mad at you? Right. Exactly. <laughs> or you feel who's mad at you. Yeah, why would you go to somebody who you know is going to punish you um, or make you feel shame? And, you know, I think that that's probably something the church needs to apologize to people about if if that's their experience of church or leaders in church. So I am a leader in the church. So if you're listening right now and that's you, man, I am sorry. That's not the intention of the Lord. I love, I heard a pastor say, God's in a good mood. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, He's in a good mood. Like he loves you. He, he wants to meet with you. He's so thrilled to see us turn to him. Um, and that, and that's what scripture teaches. You know, there's all these stories about, you know, a, a, a son who goes away and when he comes back, the father runs to him. Uh, this is who our God is. And we shouldn't expect a God who's going to um, pile on guilt and shame and condemnation. It's not the case. People do that. Uh, God doesn't do that. Mm. He, he, I so he's good. He, yes. I so appreciate you saying that. I, I was thinking about that this week, just the idea of shame and guilt. Yeah. I see it all the time in sessions. And and it's something mm. that it's a process to let go of. And and one thing I recognize just about Jesus, every time and again, he never met people. He never made them feel shameful or guilty. He always yeah. met them with compassion. And, and if I feel like if anybody has experienced anything but compassion from a Christian, we need to go back and yeah. look at who Jesus was, you know, because right. it was not that picture. It was not, that's not what he wants. Yeah. I think there's a time in scripture where God revealed himself to Moses and uh, he announced who he was to Moses. And I love this. I always kind of joke about I want to go to one of those parties. I don't know if they exist anymore where when you walk in, they announce you. Like a <laughs> debutante ball? You have four daughters, maybe. Yeah, they, maybe I should get them to do that. You know, <laughs> the honorable, you know, something like that. But um, so how does God announce himself before Moses? He doesn't say, the God of wrath, the God who is your judge. No, the way he announces himself is the God of compassion. Mm. And um, I just think that's important. If that's what he chose to announce himself as, mm. that's who he wants to be known as first. His defining characteristic. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Well, I know you have some stories, and I, I asked you to share <laughs> some stories. So can sure. you tell me a time where you've heard from God specifically? Yeah, sure. Well, I can tell you a story that happened just a few months ago. Um, and I was, I was asked to share a blessing at an event. It was actually a gala, which I don't know much about galas, but this was my first gala and, uh, it was in Newtown and, uh, I have permission to share what it was for. It was for the Catherine Violet Hubbard animal sanctuary. Mm -hmm. 
And it was their yearly kind of fundraising, vision casting night for um, kind of raising funds and awareness for the animal sanctuary. And just to interrupt and, um, you for a second, Catherine yeah. Violet Hubbard was one of the children who was killed in Newtown. Yes. Right? Yeah. To give people and a so, Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm good friends with uh, Jenny and Matt, uh, Catherine's parents, and they, they asked me to come and give a blessing at the, at the gala. So I was like, really honored. Thank you. That's great. I'd love to do it. And they actually gave me six minutes, which is a, you know, that's a long blessing, mm. right? <laughs> like, wow. So she said, so she said to me, you know, Jenny said, listen, I, we'd love to hear from you. Give a blessing to the sanctuary. Take your time. It's like, great. So um, I was thinking about it and I knew in the room, there'd be all kinds of different people of different faith backgrounds. Um, and, and so I, I kind of drew something up that was very safe. You know, I, I can't even remember what it was. Something like, you know, Lord bless the sanctuary and thank you for having me. Something like that. <laughs> and I shared it with Becca and I said, Here, here's what I'm planning on doing. And she, she looked at me and she's like, well, you're playing it awfully safe. You know, you've been asked to bring a word from the Lord and you haven't done that. This is why I love my wife because, mm. you know, she just tells me how it is. Like it is. I said, yeah, I was like, you know what? You're right. I, I didn't even ask the Lord what he would want to say. So I, uh, I actually went for a walk and I said, all right, Lord, um, what do you want to say? And almost immediately, the, the Lord reminded me of how he taught us to pray. And in the Lord's Prayer, many of you probably know the Lord's Prayer, you know, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And right there, I felt the Lord say, that's your word on earth as it is in heaven. And so I went to the gala. We pulled up in our silver minivan right behind all the Porsches and Escalades, you know. And, Perfection. Uh, we, yeah. And my, uh, my brakes were squealing at the time. It was wonderful. So we, we pull in and, and I get up. There's about 500 people in the room. And I just say, hey, you know, I've come here. I'm friends with Jenny, Matt, and to give a blessing. And um, I'm a person of faith. I believe that God speaks today. And I asked the Lord what he might want to say. And the Lord told me that that this animal sanctuary is going to be heaven on earth. Whoever comes to it is just going to sense heaven on earth. Mm. And then I just gave a blessing and, and prayed and sat down. Uh, you know, people were very kind and, and thought that it was nice. About an hour later in the event, uh, there was a video that was shot months earlier, which I had never seen before. And it was Jenny on the on the screen, and she was sharing the vision of the sanctuary. And she said, the vision of the sanctuary is that this would be heaven on earth. Wow. It was the exact same words. Now, there are thousands of scripture verses in the Bible, and this is what the Lord drew my heart to. And literally, after when that video was being shown, people turned around and started pointing at me, kind of as if to say, that's what you said, mm. too. <laughs> you know? And it was just clearly something that the Lord had done. You know, wherever you were in your journey— with the Lord. It was something I couldn't manufacture. Nobody could have manufactured it. And it was just the Lord, I think, saying, I'm here. I'm doing something. Take notice. I love that story. I love that story. <laughs> and, and what I love about it is because God doesn't necessarily have to confirm what he tells us, yeah. right? He just wants us to be right. obedient, to receive it and sit with it. But but when he does, it, it can be mind-blowing, Right. Yes. It can be. And, and to experience that is so soul filling. Right. And just yes. to know that 
um, that you can, that we have this gift. It really is a gift and a capacity to hear from God if we tune into it. Now I know, especially as a pastor, you give a lot of words and you've spoken (laughs) to many people and I'm sure you've, You've spoken to many people about what God is saying to you about them and their lives. Mm. But are there any stories in particular you remember where you've gotten a word from someone else, where someone has spoken into your life? Yeah. You know, there there are many. I'm I'm thankful that early on in my life, I, I had people kind of show me that it's important to have mentors in your life. And, and so I've just, I've always had people in my life who are kind of mentors to me. I didn't, I'd encourage anybody to have that. And uh, so even when I was in high school, a, a good friend of mine, Rob, who who's older and who I looked up to, you know, he came to me and said, hey, Brian, have you ever considered possibly going into the ministry, becoming a pastor? And at that time, I hadn't, you know, I was going to be a hockey player, NHL hockey player, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And uh, I wasn't big enough or strong enough, but in my <laughs> head, I thought this was going to happen. But he just gave me this word that, that, that brought a shift in my whole thinking and um, it's, you know, changed my life. I think even most recently um, I had this, this moment where I've been really wanting to, to begin to write and to write a book. And, but I said to the Lord, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I, that's a lot of work, Lord. Like it'd be great if I could just test that out and maybe just write a chapter. That'd be great. And so anyway, I just kind of put that out to the Lord and didn't think too much of it. And literally that same week, this guy from New England who's an editor, his name's Dan, I didn't know him. He called me and said, hey, I'm an editor. I'm putting together a book and I'm having 12 New England pastors each write a chapter. I'm wondering, would you write one of the chapters? I was like, yes, actually, I just prayed that that would happen. Amazing. And and, uh, so I wrote the chapter and um, it went well. And... um, and so now I've started writing a book, but it was just like the confirmation of the Lord. And, and for me, it was like, wow, God, you care about me that much that, that you'd give me this word from some guy I've never met before who happens to be looking for people to write a chapter, which I'm happening to want to do. Man, God is the God of the detail and um, just amazing. Definite details. And what it also reminds me, Brian, is when we are looking for God, when we're in a relationship with God, often the desires that we have are God's desires for us. Yeah, and and, right. and of course, sometimes we have desires that are not God's desires. But but when we're asking God to make our desires reflective of his desires, we have those desires. And you had the desire to write a chapter. So yeah. from the beginning, that was from God, right? To, to yeah. have that. And, and he went ahead and made it possible. I love I yeah. love that story. Tell tell the one story you just told me a little while back about okay about the tires. Yeah, I yeah. think I know yep. the tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I love that. Story. <laughs> this is a good one. It, yep, I love okay. it. Okay, this is the one you've been going for the whole time. No, but I I, I definitely <laughs> want to make sure you tell it. <laughs> okay. I love okay. the other ones so he, too. Here's the story. I was praying with uh, a guy. His name is Jan, and um, he's just he's a wonderful man, man of God, um, really a mentor to me. And, um, and he asked us to pray for him. And so I was praying for him and, uh, the Lord gave me a word for him and I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to give it because I thought it was silly and ridiculous. And I think this is sometimes also a barrier for us from hearing from God, because a lot of times he'll, he'll use things that will mean something to somebody else, but you don't know why. 
Um, and so we just have to really trust. And so anyway, the word that the Lord gave me was just tell Jan that the Lord wants to give him new tires. I was like, oh, come on, really? I didn't even know if this guy owned a car. You know, he's like, he's from South Africa. I don't know. That's like, a big risk. What is what his car situation is. And like, I'm a younger guy, you know, ministering to this older guy. This is going to look ridiculous. I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll go for it. So I said, you know, Jan, I, I just feel like the Lord wants to tell you that he's going to give you a new set of tires and that the journey's not over. Like you're going to be good. So anyway, he started tearing up this like, and he's, he's a big kind of booming man, you know, and he starts like tearing up and he looked at me. And he's like, you know, Brian, I, I travel all over the world, just going and, and ministering to people. And I didn't know if the Lord wanted me to keep going in it. He said, specifically, my feet have been causing me a lot of problems. And he said, just the other day, I asked the Lord to give me a new set of tires, a new set of feet uh, so that I could keep going. And he said, this is just confirmation that the Lord wants me to keep going. So the Lord used the same language with him, which to me felt silly and awkward and weird. Um, but in the economy of God made a lot of sense. And so specific. So specific yeah. because who else would ask for tires for feet? I wouldn't, you know, right? so, but <laughs> I, I've said this before, like God will speak to you in the language that you understand. And that may be a literal language, or it may be another right. way of communicating with you. And that I just thought was such a great story. And and the truth, often when God speaks to you for, for someone else, it's not going to make sense to you. You're not going to understand it. And that is also yeah. kind of a test of our own. Are we willing to put ourselves out there for God? Right? Are we, yeah. are we willing to trust and see what comes out of it? So Absolutely. I, lo I love that story. All right, Brian, last, I have one more question for you. And this is a question that I'm supposed to ask everybody who comes on here. And I think I've been 50-50. But um, okay. in the effort to become more consistent, and especially <laughs> important during this time, because none of us expected this season of our mm. life. Um, have you ever experienced a turn of events, something that you were not expecting in your plan for your life, that ended up being one of the best things that have ever happened to you? Mm. Yeah. I, I can give you uh, one for sure. You know, um, my wife and I were living in Minnesota and to be honest with you, very happily, uh, her family's from there and um, we had great jobs. Things were going well. We were starting our family there. Becca's from a very big family. And so all of her siblings were nearby. It was, it was pretty ideal. And, um, but then all of a sudden the Lord just kind of started stirring my heart and, and Becca's heart too, that there's something new. And so we kept looking in Minnesota, you know, right in that comfort zone. Comfort. Right? Do you know how cold it is out there? Well, I know, but we don't, in Minnesota, they don't, they just don't feel it for some <laughs> reason. They have some kind of different skin on, I think. Not but. brown skin. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so, we feel it. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything yeah, keep about going. that. Just keep, keep so, um, so anyway, I got a call from a, a pastor out here in Connecticut inviting us to come out. And it so happened that it was at the church that I grew up in called Walnut Hill. And um, to be honest with you, we came out here as kind of a free trip to see my parents because they still live here in Connecticut. <laughs> and we'd also check out the church to see if it was something for us. But um, as we came, we really sensed that, man, this, this, this is where we're supposed to be. We never would have imagined it. We never thought that it would happen like that. 
And um, we're so grateful because it's turned into such a blessing that now, you know, I get to lead a church that I grew up in. And um, I get to work alongside my brother and my close friends who I grew up with. It's it's turned out to be something that's um, just so special, so special to me. And um, and we didn't see it, we didn't plan for it, uh, but God had a, had a great a uh, great way forward. I think the other one that I'll share with you because I wrote it down mm. is that you know I have four daughters. I don't think I ever imagined that <laughs> in my head, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, but I couldn't be more grateful. I couldn't be more blessed. One of my friends said to me, I think after my third daughter, <laughs> she said, you know, Brian, and, and this was a, a friend of mine um, who uh, her name is Georgia. And she said, you know, Brian, I didn't grow up with a good father. And you have the chance now to be a good father for four, for three daughters, mm-hmm. which would become four daughters to show, you know, young girls what it's like to be a godly man. And, you know, I don't, I don't think I ever drew up what my family would look like, but I, if I did, I probably wouldn't have drawn out, wow, four daughters, mm. but it's turned out to be, you know, such an incredible, um, incredible blessing. I would say too, on a, on a, on a harder, you know, realm as a pastor, I've been involved in, I would say some of the most challenging things that can happen to people. Mm. I think I can safely say that. Mm. I think that I've journeyed with people through some of the most challenging things that, that any person could face. Mm. And even in those moments, I'm just amazed at how people look back at me. And when, they, when they're walking with the Lord, they can say, you know, even though this circumstance really sucks, it's the worst. God has made himself known to me and it's been such a blessing. And um, so that's been such a privilege where, you know, when life throws you a curveball, God, God still walks with them. Mm. And, and brings meaning out of it in time. Yes. You know, in time. Yeah, and grow, grows us and... Um, yeah, challenges us. I don't believe for a second that God threw that curveball. I think we live in a broken world, but he, he walks with us so that we can journey through it. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I've seen that more clearly than ever as I watch people walk through this pandemic. I walk, watch people yeah. who whose faith was in a pretty solid place going into it and um, and people who are coming to faith through it. And part of yeah. it, seeing the compassion of other people around them has made a difference, but to see the difference for people who, who didn't have it and still don't have it, it becomes just a very scary and uncertain world in, in a more intense way, right? It's scary for us as yes. Christians too. Like we feel that yes. too, but our GPS hasn't changed, you know, from the yes. beginning, it's the same. So no, I think. I think what you've said said is very powerful, especially coming from your perspective where I know you've walked with people through some of the hardest things they've ever seen. Mm. Well, I so appreciate you taking the time to come and speak. And also you are in the middle or actually just starting a series at Walnut Hill, which now everyone can watch on TV and online um, about hearing from God. Can you just... Tell me yes. like 30 seconds about that and how people can connect to that. Sure. Yeah, it's just called Hearing God for Others. And for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about how you hear God and um, and how you can bless other people by hearing God f- for them. And so probably the easiest way is to go to walnuthillonline.org and you can watch our uh, tune in on Sundays, uh, 9 a.m., 11 a.m. or 5 p.m. That is perfect. And I'm going to put those links on the show notes and on social media. And I'll also put a link where people can donate 
to your food pantry there too, because that is oh, just in our neighborhood and I'm sure people would want to give back in that way as well. All right, That's Brian, great. well, thank you so much. I so appreciate you being on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Be safe. And I look forward to seeing you on TV on Sunday. <laughs> I'll be there. Thanks everyone again for listening. And I really hope that you have an encounter this week where you hear God in whatever way he speaks to you. And if you have a story like that, write me and tell me about it. I'd love to put you on the podcast sometime. We need to hear these stories. They are such an encouragement in our own walks. So until then, be well and be safe. And I'll look forward to sharing more soon. Thanks for listening today. And if you have a second, go on the Apple Podcast app and rate this podcast. I want to know what you liked and what you didn't like and what you want more of. And connect with me. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media at Nero Feliciano, the incidental therapist on Facebook and Nero Feliciano on Instagram. And you can also connect with me through my website, Nero Feliciano. So until the next time, have a great day, be well and live full.